0: If there's one lesson in wisdom that I've gained over the course of my own personal development, it's the concept that we can all impact our own happiness and our own sense of well-being and fulfillment in life. And ultimately, we really do have control over the direction that our life is headed and where it's going to end up. Because at the end of the day, really life is just a, a just a set of relationships that you have with everything, every person, every event, occurrence, and experience in it. It's it's your set of relationships in the world with your kids, your, your spouse or your significant other, with your with your family, friends, your job, with yourself. And if we don't look at it in these simple terms and realize that these are really the mechanical variables that can be adjusted to determine our level of happiness at any given time and our, and our ultimate direction and the ultimate outcomes in our lives, then we really don't have a starting point to try to make adjustments and, and improve our lives. So I would challenge you that as you go out, out in your day, be mindful of how you feel about every relationship that you have. If someone cuts you off on the road and flips you the bird, that's a relationship that you have. You have a relationship with every other driver on the road at all times. And it's just a question of what the extent of that relationship is and what the impact on your life is, as a result of those relationships and the experiences that you endure or encounter because of those relationships. i talk talked to so many people that just aren't happy. In fact, I don't really know a whole lot of people that are holistically happy in their lives. That, that, are, that are happy with everything. That, that really wouldn't change much of anything about their lives. But when you start to break it down to a system of relationships, you could almost consider these relationships almost to be like equalizer knobs on a stereo system, right? You can turn up the treble, turn down the bass, adjust the mids a little bit, add some reverb or an echo in there. If you're a guitar player, that's sort of how an amp works. But your life works the same way. If you're not happy with something in your life, just look at the relationships that you have with your jobs, situations, occurrences, random strangers, family, friends, and all the rest of it, and make adjustments as needed. Find out which ones you need to improve or reprioritize or in some cases end and being happy really is that simple and if you'll analyze your life using this sort of perspective or this methodology you'll start to see that this is just absolutely the case universally it's the case for everybody it's, it's just uni- universally true so instead of being perpetually unhappy in your life put some effort into these relationships and see which ones need to be adjusted or, or improved or done away with and i know that it sounds easier said than done, and it probably isn't in most cases. But I would argue that even in the cases where it seems to be infinitely easier said than done, even in those cases, it, it isn't nearly as difficult and it certainly isn't impossible in the way that we typically think that it is. We're usually just unaware of what these factors are and how they impact us and how we can impact those relationships in a way that results in the best outcome for us which is to say results in the highest level of happiness in our lives at any given point in time or in the long run. And there are a lot of things in these relationships that you can really look at and see how they impact you. When you understand a little bit about psychology and neuroscience, we know that encouraging someone increases confidence. We know that making someone laugh relieves stress. So why don't you try a practice of of just going on about your day and everyone that you encounter today, just try to make someone laugh. Try to make three or four people laugh in a given day. If you're in line at the gas station or the grocery store, or if you're going through the line at the bank talking to a teller, if you have a coworker or a friend or family member that you know is going through a hard time, just take an extra moment to give somebody a call and reach out to them, see how they're doing, make them laugh. I think it's particularly fun and rewarding in a pretty selfish way, but not necessarily negatively, but it, it, it is a bit selfish and rewarding at the same time to to go overboard with compliments just a little bit sometimes. You know, if a bank teller is exceptionally happy or, or even if they're not, just stop and tell them. Just say, hey, you're really good at what you do, just so you know that. I really enjoy talking to you today. And see what kind of a smile comes across their face. It's hard to resist that. And so it, it, it almost becomes, well, it, it is really an empowering feeling to be able to impact a person's life like that. And you have the freedom to, to interact with anyone. Any one of these relationships, in any way that you please, if you think about it, no one is going to kill you for saying something nice or saying something really mean or hurtful to a person. And I think that there's definitely an exhibition of this type of power that we can see that manifests in people that, that go around being mean to people or, or being overly negative on a regular basis to everybody that they encounter. Whenever you're a, a server or a bartender or a bank teller or an IT guy, or a construction worker, and you're, you encounter somebody in, in the course of your job that just doesn't have a nice bone in their body, it seems like. You know, I've always believed that these types of people, usually subconsciously, but sometimes even consciously with, with really malicious people, but subconsciously they, they, they realize on some level that they have some degree of power over your life because of your relationship to them. And we tend to reserve the word relationship for close personal relationships, like our friends and family and people that we really choose to be in contact with or that we like to, uh, to be in the company of. But that's not the case. You, you have a relationship with every driver on the road that you pass every day. You have a relationship with every person that you pass in the grocery store and every person that you encounter. They're all just different levels of relationship. You have different levels of engagement and, and, and therefore you have different Degrees of power and control and influence on those relationships and on those individuals, just like they do you. So how hard is it to go out of your way to say something nice to someone? I'm not very hard. But what's the potential impact of that? Potentially pretty significant. And once you realize this, the people that are negative in your life, the people that, that like to say negative things, the customer that comes in or the person that drives through, through the line when you're working at the bank or the job supervisor that likes to bark out orders at you while you're working on the construction site, you can really start to control how you respond to these people and start to change your perspective, thereby mitigating the negative impact that they can have on you. And this becomes a really fun exercise whenever you start to enact it on a regular basis throughout the course of your life, every day, every week, and you can, you can start to really perfect this and start to see different ways that you can interact with people of different levels of relationship. Right, you can't say the same thing to a bank teller that you see once a, a week or once a month uh, that you can to to a friend that you see on a regular basis, or a family member or, or something like that. But you can start to really, you can come up with these nice, positive, canned responses or statements or, or little bits of encouragement that you can provide to people, and it makes all the difference in the world. And then once you start to see the impact that you have on other people, you'll start to become more aware of the impact that others have on you, and you can start to mitigate that. And that's where things get really exciting. Because if you tell someone a joke, it's going to relieve some stress. That's what humor does. Humor is the enemy of stress and vice versa. Humor brings joy uh, in a specific way. And that's why at the end of a rough day, I like to come home and watch stand-up comedy or, or a funny talk show and, 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 and be entertained and be made to laugh by a total stranger. Because even a total stranger has a relationship with you, and you give them some degree of influence over your mood and your mindset and your happiness. So I think that it's important that we, we acknowledge this for our own sake and for the sake of others. And personally, and this is obviously just an opinion, but this, this happens to be what I feel our purpose in life is, is to go through life, lift up as many people as we can, as much as we can, to the extent that the nature of our relationship allows us to do so. And at the same time, to become aware that that influence and, and, and that, that control within the, within the confines of that relationship works both ways. And just as insignificant as, as you may be in the life of the bank teller or the cashier at the grocery store, seemingly insignificant, because you actually can be insignificant. In fact, you can, you can actually go through the line at, at the grocery store or at the bank and, and not say a word to them, just say, hey, how are you, and, and check your stuff out and go. You can do that, and that, and that makes you insignificant. Or you can look for a quick ego boost and be a dick and see the impact that that has on a person, and that makes some people feel better. But I would argue that it, it is infinitely more rewarding on a personal level to say something nice to a person and to have a positive impact on their day. And then to go, to go through the rest of your day and your week knowing that you did that. And you'll find that if you do this on a regular basis, you'll, just, you'll find that your mood is elevated and your overall perspective on people is elevated and your tolerance for people's bullshit. Is elevated. You don't become bothered so much by, by insignificant interactions with people because you give those interactions significance. And you can start to absorb positivity from people, even random strangers, but friends and family too. And you can start to to shut out or at least mitigate negativity. And there are always going to be plenty of people in your life that are going to be negative. And I, I find that this is the case even with people that really care about you and that don't mean to be this way. Right, if you have a hobby or a, a a passion of some sort that you want to pursue, it's usually not the random strangers or the internet trolls that are going to get under your skin the most, right? At least, at least not in my case. It's it's going to be the doubting family members or the doubting friends, and this segues beautifully into what I feel like is the reality that having a circle of of positive people around yourself and surrounding yourself with people that are positive influences on you and that encourage you and lift you up is just, is, is critical. I don't think that you need it, but God, it just makes a world of difference. right. So I've got friends that, that enjoy my work. Um, Obviously I cover a lot of different types of topics, very few of which have been released via the podcast at this point, but friends and family who've known me for years, enjoy different aspects of my work and they, they encourage me constantly to keep doing this and keep producing material and I'll just tell you outright that there's no way that I would be doing this if it weren't for the friends and family around me that tell me that they appreciate my work and that they enjoy it and that they look forward to my next video or my next funny song about some day of the week or whatever it is. I've got friends and family that send me all kinds of videos and songs and music and expose me to different, different styles of, of, of art that they're into and they enrich my life in that way. And I, I try to return that favor because it really is a gift. But I think that so many people, in fact, I know for a fact that a lot of people don't look around themselves and see who they're surrounded with. They've got friends or family or whoever that that really gets in the way of their happiness and that siphons energy from them. I call them energy vampires. These aren't people that build you up. These are people that go, why are you doing that? Why are you wasting your time talking to people on the Internet? Why are you you making songs to put out there on YouTube when you've got 50 views, right? And it seems kind of silly to, to do that. But I can only imagine that every great talk show host or every great actor, every great singer, every great musical artist, every great painter, they didn't start out great. And they didn't start out with a million viewers or a million subscribers on YouTube, right? They had to start somewhere. And if you, if you reverse engineer that whole process and you go back to the beginning with that person or you have a – everybody had doubters at the beginning. And everybody had somebody in their lives telling them that, that it was pointless, right? And, and even in, sometimes in harmless ways. But you will find a common thread also among successful people that the ones who had a powerful, positive circle of friends and family and a support system around them that built them up, that those people tend to find success quicker, more easily, and they don't get as discouraged along the way. And discouragement is, is, is the enemy of progress, and confidence is the enemy of discouragement, and compliments and encouragement obviously build your confidence in things. And then whenever you continue to try to do things, I mean, look at it this way. So I'll try to break the process down in, in, in very simple terms. And I think that everyone can understand this. And it really is a pretty simple process. Let's say that you have an interest, right? Whatever it is, you, you, like, to, you like to throw shot put, or you like to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or you like to play music, or you like to sing, or you like to, to draw, right? So this is just an interest. And, and, and a lot of people go about their daily lives and they work 40 or 50 hours a week on something that they really don't care much about at a job that they don't care for that doesn't bring them a lot of, a lot of personal fulfillment. And they just go on about their week and they get stuff done and they don't understand why they have a gap in their lives, but they have an interest in, in drawing or painting or music or podcasting or whatever it might be. And of course, you're not going to have a whole lot of fulfillment by accomplishing things in a realm that you're not interested in. But whenever you take those interests that you have that you normally just keep on the back of the shelf at home and you start to bring those to the forefront and you you start to make those a part of your life and a part of your weekly or daily routines, the more effort you put into these interests, the more you're going to progress, the more that you're going to see results and and you're going to see progress. And when you see progress, it builds confidence. And when you add to that confidence, the encouragement of others and people who, who give you the support that that adds to that confidence. Then, then the improvement that you see, the progress that you see, it all becomes a reward system that you continue to want to chase. And this is deeply embedded in our in our evolution uh, in, in our psychology through evolution that, that that we we chase after things that we find reward in, and we typically follow. This path of responsibility early in life, especially when, when we encounter different situations early in life, you tend to chase paths of responsibility. And our society is, is certainly built around the pursuit of fulfillment of responsibilities more so than the fulfillment of passions. So you take an interest and you turn it into a, into a hobby by making it a part of your life. If you like to ride bikes, go ride bikes. If you like to jog, go jog, right? Make this an interest that you have. If you like to travel or go hiking or camp or, or canoe or whatever it is that you like to do, go do it. If you like to jump out of planes or you wanna learn how to fly one, take this interest, and I define an interest as something that you, that you spend your spare time reading about, right, in, in a nutshell. Something that you spend your spare time reading about or talking about with friends or watching on TV, like watching UFC matches or watching NFL games or NBA games. These are things that, are, that you're interested in. But to the extent that you can, try to make these interests an active part of your life. Go join a semi-pro baseball league. I know that that sounds like a lofty goal, but you know it's, it's not. Being a semi-pro baseball player is not what it sounds like. You can go join a league for a few hundred bucks and, and go play with semi-pro people if you're good at baseball. And you practice at that, you get better at it, and, it, and that hobby can become a passion. And the more, the more progress you see, and the more that people encourage you, the more your confidence builds, it, it will alchemically transform that interest that became a hobby into a passion. And I think about the UFC fighter, Conor McGregor, who is about to fight in, in, in the, biggest, the biggest combat sport fight of all time with, with Floyd Mayweather. And I've seen him say somewhere that, that you know everybody talks about how talented he is, and 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 how much natural ability he has and and, and that really unnerves him and I, and I understand it now and partially I understand it because of, of, of this because of him and because of this particular response that he had to that claim and he said you know I'm I'm not talented I'm obsessed and I think that's so key because if you dedicate time to something that you're interested in and make it a hobby make it an active part of your life which at that point is how I would I would define a hobby is when you take an interest and make it an active part of your life And once you do that and you start practicing it, once you have enough drive and enough confidence to start practicing, you'll start to see progress. And then once you see progress, it gives you even more confidence and you wanna spend more time doing it and your your results get better and better and better. And when you expose that to other people, you'll begin to get more compliments and more encouragement and more support for what you're doing, which makes you wanna work even harder at it, which makes your results even greater and even more impressive, which makes you wanna try even harder. And next thing you know, that hobby becomes a passion. And I would consider a passion, a hobby that you've taken to the next level, something that has become a major part of your life, something that that brings you fulfillment, something that you spend a substantial amount of your time doing. And the eventual goal is to take a passion and turn that into a livelihood, which again, going back to the sort of social sort of expectation that we need to pursue our our, our responsibilities rather than our passions and our interests, right? So if if you could actually do something that you loved for a living, and spend 40 or 50 hours a week doing something that you love, how rewarding would that be? And this goes for every other area of your life, obviously, but take an interest, turn it into a hobby, take that hobby, turn it into a passion, take the passion, turn it into a livelihood. And anyone can do this. It's a simple formula, right? So just think about whatever it is that you do now for a living. In almost every case, I think that the process that got you to where you are today can get you to where you want to be tomorrow right if you're a great a great car salesman right or you're a, you're a, you're a great project manager or you're a great dental assistant okay you're a great park ranger which i guess would be a pretty gnarly job you probably love that and wouldn't want to change it but whatever it is that you're doing there was a process that got you there right you you, you did some research you found a job or someone approached you you went to an interview you did you know, you got the job you worked hard at it you got better at it you got promoted you got a raise whatever happened that same process applies to the things that you love, and the issue is that we get derailed at a young age, and we get steered away from doing the things that we love, and we get steered by society, by the institutions that we are educated in, by our, by our parents, by our friends, family, by, by all, all the culture and the environment around us. We, we, we're, we're sort of conditioned to, to put our childish passions away and, and become an adult and pursue responsibilities, and that's such a such a broken, messed up way to, to build a society and and to build a civilization or society that way is, is the wrong way to go. But it's also very detrimental to, to the individual at the individual level. Because if you imagine a person that's flipping burgers for a living and their goal is, or their quota from their boss is to flip a hundred burgers a day. Well, I mean, who's really passionate about that, right? And so if you only hit 50% of your quota, and your boss is unhappy with you, you're not going to feel that good about yourself because this is what you spend 40 or 50 hours a week doing. You're flipping burgers and it still isn't good enough. Your boss isn't happy. And so think about how disjointed and broken this whole energetic exchange is between you and this relationship with your job, this relationship with your boss and the relationship with yourself in terms of the the fulfillment that you get from your own actions and your own accomplishments. Because at best at this point, you might gain some sort of peace and quiet from your boss by flipping a hundred burgers in a day. But I mean, how much satisfaction are you going to get from that? So I had a guy that worked in, worked with me in, in in the IT field and he was really a photographer at heart. He loved photography, but he was a great IT guy and he worked on worked on computers. Everybody loved him. And he got out of, out of that business and got into photography and I couldn't have been happier for him because although he was great at what he did, and, and I'm sure on some level he he felt some sense of satisfaction by virtue of the fact that he was great at, at that particular job. I can only imagine how much fulfillment he gets out of, of being in photography full time, right? I'm sure it's stressful at times and I'm sure he's got responsibilities and demands and everything else, but we have to to start trying to pursue things that we love and making those things a big part of our life. And as we get better and as we surround ourselves with the right people. We're going to get all the encouragement and all the confidence building and all the support that we need to create the drive and the motivation to work harder and to spend more time doing it. And action is what separates an interest from a hobby. And then drive is what separates a hobby from a passion. And then obsession is what turns a passion into a livelihood. So I would encourage everyone to go out, analyze your life, put everything into categories as an interest or a responsibility. And start seeing all the different relationships in your life and labeling those relationships and seeing what you can do to, to twiddle the knobs to make yourself happier and to change the course of your life, change the outcomes of different situations, change the decisions that you make to be oriented toward a different, a different goal instead of fulfilling responsibilities full-time, to pursuing things that, that really bring you satisfaction and fulfillment. Now, obviously, I'm not suggesting that you go out and quit your job tomorrow when you have responsibilities and, and bills to pay. But this, this is very much a, a gradual process that can take place. The question is, what are you doing today to pursue the things that you love? Or are you just living your life to, to fulfill responsibilities? I would suggest that we could do a lot more in the pursuit of our passions. And you would be amazed at the impact that that would have on your life. So I wish you all the best. I hope this helps somebody. So please like, follow, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. And check back for more of these videos. We'll see you around. Take care of each other. Don't you, ben?